Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Welcome to our show, Grenondrum! We love our show, and Grenondrum, and we love you. And Grenondrum loves you, and our podcast. I said it first. I love them more. What? Yeah, I'm just oh. saying. But whatever. Is that re- is that recording now in history forever? It is that I love them more than you do because I got to it first. I'm just saying. But whatever. Uh. Well, you know what? I'll, I can edit it out and they will never know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm your host, Holly Greystone. And I'm your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. <laughs> how you doing, beautiful? Besides telling how telling our people how much you love them more than I do. Yeah. I'm doing great. Uh, it's been, as always, my life is boring. Uh Dealing a lot with work. Boring. Um, yeah. And um, I have literally gotten to ride my motorcycle once around the block. Basically nothing else. I've been so busy with work. But hopefully this Saturday I finally get another day off. And I'll get to do more riding with that. And nice. I will say that overall our weather is so much better here than the weather you guys are dealing with. <laughs> You've got heat and smoke and it's yeah, funny and it's pretty shitty there, over here right now <laughs> yeah i was gonna say there's a little it's funny because everybody talks about over here the haze that they're yeah. just gonna go yeah there is a little haze here but let's let me tell you about the blues and, and yeah let me tell you about the haze season. here and how we can cut it with a butter knife yeah it's, it's like, so yeah thick. so other than that um yeah everything's going really well and i will uh I know in this time period, I talk a little bit more about my weight loss, but I'm doing a different thing on our queer corn day. So I'll be talking about that then. But um, so really my life is kind of same old, same old working my ass off, uh, dealing with, with trying to find people to work uh, because we're getting ready for school to open. And yeah, you're probably um, doing so, the same shortage as everyone else is too. Oh yeah, we are. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible, but because we should be paying people more for this work. And so trying to, and they finally, my job is finally realized we have to start paying people more. So that's been good. But so trying to get people to understand that, no, we're not just lying. We really mean it. So that's been interesting. But so anyway, that's where I'm at. What are you doing? Holly, Bolly, Dolly, Golly. <laughs> Holly, Bolly, Banana, Fana, Fofolly. Me, Mama, <laughs> Molly, Holly. <laughs> Uh, well, I was just thinking as you were talking about how people. Oh, first of all, good job thinking. You know, I'm just saying. Oh, wow! Uh, for interrupting that, thank you. Yeah, um, no problem. You <laughs> <laughs> stinker. Um, I was just no, thinking about how people aren't getting paid enough, and the reality is, is that people stop showing up for work because you're not paying them. Then the uh, guy that owns the company is buying a. a you know, a hundred or three hundred or five hundred thousand dollar car every year because they or I don't know, building a jet to go into outer space 
will eventually start to realize like that's not going to happen anymore if you don't pay people a living wage and and even more than that in a lot of instances so it's just funny how it took a pandemic for uh for that to kind of come to light more I don't know, more prevalent. I mean, we all, we, we all knew it and we were just living with it because it's kind of the status quo. We just live with it. But now we're in a situation where it's like, well, we don't really have to, we have ways around this. So I don't know. I hope it works out. I hope people get paid the living wage that they deserve and we could get people back into the work field. Uh, anyway, how I'm doing, well, Gary, as you know, I'm doing pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah, I was gonna I just, say you better be talking about my favorite dog in the world, well, right? Except for Etta, but you know. So. Uh, I I would put Max in a competition against Etta any day. You heard I just it here, don't want Tracy. some of our. I just don't want Etta to hear this and think that I don't love her too. That's all. Oh, I'm doing. that's true. Fair enough, okay. Etta. We yeah, love okay. you. I love you though, Max. So Max went in for surgery a few weeks ago and had a six-pound mass removed from his abdomen that was exponentially growing, and. Two doctors, one is a cancer specialist who was on the surgical team, said that it was very likely cancer and to just kind of prepare my expectations. Um, and my poor wife just staying solid as a rock. I mean, she broke down a few times. She just, she, I was a mess. I was just an absolute puddle, couldn't function. I went to Starbucks to order coffee, I ended up ordering four cups of coffee. I only needed one, but I ordered four different ones. Uh, thinking I was only ordering one. It was, yeah, I almost put diesel in my car. It's not a diesel vehicle. That's not how that works. It just, a lot of things weren't Jesus functioning. Jesus Christ, I'm just thinking how, oh my God, that could have fucked your car up so bad. So, well, so I'm glad just glad caught, that that yeah. freaking nozzle doesn't fit in the hole. So, oh my God, you got that far. Oh my God. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, okay. I canceled it before anything happened. But yeah, I was oh, like, honey, I'm so sorry. I know you've been going through. Yeah. So it was just, of this. I, yeah, it was just a lot. You know, it's like, I know that our animals don't live forever. And I, that's a known fact in case you guys aren't aware of it, but they don't live forever. I just wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't prepared for cancer and he went into surgery. Surgery was fantastic. I think, uh, I think we've already talked about that uh, in our, in our last episode. Um, Didn't need any of the special teams that were on standby breeze of a surgery. In fact, a few, a few days after surgery, he looked his, his incision site actually looked like it was a few weeks along in the recovery process. It was just healing so beautifully tons of energy bouncing off the walls run like it doesn't matter if this dude's got a giant ass cone on his head or not he is like super excited to run around and the doctors are like yeah he can't you know keep him calm make sure he lays down a lot and he rests i'm like yeah no problem he's been doing that for two years no you take out a giant six pound mass he probably felt like shit now he's like a five-year-old puppy bouncing off the wall which now i'm freaking out because i don't want him tearing open his freaking decision Anyhow, flash so, forward. Uh, yeah, he uh, does not have cancer. So they uh, did a pathology on on a couple of ma- points of the mass uh, that because there's a few other spots that they found too. But then they also did one on the uh, you know a couple on the, the the large mass they pulled out, and it turned out it was just a giant ass hematoma. And for those of you who don't know, a hematoma is a giant is like a bruise, but it's internal. Like, so you don't see it on the outside and it was just filling. It was just completely full of blood and they don't know why it happened. They don't know why he wasn't bleeding internally. Cause normally that's what happens. 
And they're just, they're absolutely shocked. In fact, when the doctor called me, she was like this, the one who's a specialist in cancer uh, for dogs. And she was like, yeah, I really thought 100% this was cancer. I've never seen a mask like that and not have it be cancer. So I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. And this is the best news. Yeah. I was in the middle. So we had a state representative, uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers was visiting um, our Ew. small, small Ew. little town. And I, she was delivering a speech of some kind and I got the message and I was like, and I had to get up and like sprint out of the room because I was so like excited. I wanted to yell at the top of my lungs in this room of, you know, a little over a hundred people. Um, and it just, it wasn't an appropriate venue for that. So, um, yeah, I, so I got the, I got the news in the middle of my first event that I, I worked on as in my new position as a project manager, uh, that, it was very successful and I really enjoyed that process, but I enjoy more getting the phone call that my dog does not have cancer and he's, uh, he's going to live his best life. So I'm pretty excited about it. I'm so, I'm so beyond thrilled for that. So it makes me feel, I was, I was afraid. I felt I was really worried for Desiree because yeah, you were trying to act strong, but I thought, Oh my gosh, it's going to be a puddle mass. I didn't, <laughs> and so I was so, but I'm yeah, so, uh, so news, thankful. news, news to everybody else. If you got someone in your life who's like, yeah, I got this. I feel nothing. They feel everything and it's too overwhelming to feel those things. So they shut down and then they order four cups of coffee when they meant to order one and they put diesel in the regular car. So make sure you have extra insurance because they're going to break shit without and not if you mean to. On that wonderful news, I think we should get into our topic of the day. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited, Gary. If you could just take us right in and introduce our guest, I would greatly yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, I would love to. I'm hoping that Chris is on the line now. Are you there with us, Chris? I'm here, guys. Hey. Cool. So um, I want to talk about this wonderful person that, that I have met. Her name is Chris Thielen. <laughs> Chris Thielen. And I met her through where we both worked at the time through a mutual acquaintance. And she and I and her husband, Tyler, have become what I consider really amazing friends. And um, I'm happy and honored that she's become one of my friends. And it's nice in this uh, area that we live in that has wonderful people but fairly conservative to find people of a like mind that we can talk about stuff to so starting with that and that's kind of where i we want to go i'm going to start with the first question to you chris if you're okay with that then we're going to move I'm, on i'm good just go on with it well before right. we before we jump into that do you want to introduce the topic of this conversation oh i guess we should yeah like, <laughs> i mean hey guys i'm so it's used to you doing that so that's, yeah. <laughs> i'm so used to being that part of it i'm sorry so we are talking today to chris about chris's trans daughter and we'll get more into that but it, we're going to be asking several wonderful questions and um, hopefully this leads to more questions from listeners and they can certainly reach out to us. But yes, that's please. where this is going, where I finally, I was going to Chris going, would, do you think they would mind if we asked these questions? And sh uh, she asked, and we'll get more into that with our questions coming up, what was going yeah. on. But this is all we're, we're getting talking about 
about trans people and transphobia and stuff. And Chris has been very wonderful to be a part of this conversation with us. Absolutely. And I will say right now that her daughter just did not want to be, but we'll get more into that. So, all right. So well, and I, I, I need to issue the disclaimer real quick first that I am not the authority. Like the only thing that I can really speak about is the experiences that we have had. Sure. Um, and so what I'm saying, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that I understand as well, that I'm not speaking necessarily for a group of people. I'm really just trying to give insight into Chris, you lied to us. You told us you had all the authority about That's this it. entire we thing. We had this from whole all... contract. You oh my God. What are we going to do now? Well, eh, and you're well. just going to tell the world how did they we... need to be awesome parents. And did we, yeah. did we not see my business card where my job title is poser? Come on now, y'all. Oh. I, I just, I thought this is where we're at now. I don't know what to do. Okay. God, I'm sorry, folks. We are really <laughs> fucked here. We're going to, we're going to end our show right can. here and find out. Find but, I'm just kidding. God I, forgive I, us for how this is going to go now. <laughs> I do appreciate, I appreciate you saying that, yeah. Chris, because it's important for, I mean, even for us to continue to remind our listeners, it's like, we don't pretend to be anything other than who we are. And, and that is we're, we're of the community. We're trying to learn about our community, share our experiences in an effort to encourage other people to have conversations in their homes and in their communities and to continue to learn and grow themselves. And I, I think like this kind of conversation, Chris, with bringing you in and you sharing your experiences is important because somebody out there might relate to some of it, maybe even all of it, or absolutely none of it. And those who may never have the experience altogether, at least have some idea about what it go- what goes on in the lives of uh, the various different diverse people in our communities. So I appreciate I'm you saying st- that. Yeah, but I appreciate it. But reason- let's stop. Let's stop talking about this now because some of these are asking the questions we have come up that I worked long and hard on. So let's, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's just take Sorry. care of the diva now. Okay. I am, I know, I it's am all about me. Accept it. All right. So, <laughs> so first, Chris, what is your connection to queer nundrum? Well, my connection is you, dude. Like, I can't believe that's the question you're asking. Uh, yeah, that's your uh, well, first question. I'm sorry. You that is the first. <laughs> you said, you said no, I love this. So the, the, it, actually, she's I have, making it very simplified where uh, she. I actually, uh, have a, I actually have a deeper connection, probably, because. Um, I'm going to say. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like I have been a low level advocate for the majority of my life. Um I, my first research paper when I was in college going for my bachelor's in psychology was about gay marriage and the scientific and psychological evidence against discrimination mm-hmm. and why we should approve gay marriage because discrimination hurts people. And I, and I literally, I mean, this was my first real research paper. And then I actually even presented it at a psychology conference for students. So it's been a passion of mine for you know, quite a while just because I am a really empathetic person and I can almost feel what happens to people um, when discriminatory acts go on um, and, and when there's obvious bias and, and things like that. And there's just a part of me that can't help but rise up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and combat that type of stuff. So I've been in the community for a while and then probably most recently because this has really been a news topic 
um, I came to the realization that I would identify myself as pansexual. So in a fringe way, because I am in a long-term hetero relationship, um, I would still consider myself a fringe part of the community. Mm-hmm. And also you're an awesome mom to a trans daughter. That, well, yes, you were talking about me, not about my kid. Yet. <laughs> I know, but it's your connection because God, if anybody knows Chris who's listening out there, you know that her life revolves around her kids. Yes, all 52. Biological, uh, non-biological, <laughs> um, yes. cats. Uh, it's, she is, uh, I, and I really say this with love, she is like the mother to an entire community of people. And I really mean that. She is, um, she's one of those people you can go to for almost anything and she will figure out a way to help you if she can. You're making me blush, Gary. <laughs> you don't like me <laughs> I'm doing this for the audience. It's for the for audience. The audience. Okay. And your okay. other yeah. connection is Bye. that you uh, you write our news briefs for Yeah, that's kind of where do. I was going with that originally, you smart-ass, Chris. Well, you didn't to go be fair, oh, for no, God's sake, you could have given me a clue. <laughs> right? I was like, there's so many things. That, yeah, anyhow. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, uh, Chris writes the news briefs that we do in our core corners um, and is involved in some of our structural changes that we have going forward as our show continues to develop. And I really appreciate the the time and energy that you're putting into that. Uh, I am. But what I really hear you guys saying is that I'm the low hanging fruit. Like I'm already here. (laughs) (laughs) So why not? And the point. Yeah, exactly. No, I I I would say it's more like, no, let it go. Holly. (laughs) No, I would say it's more that. okay, fine. That. No, no. And, (laughs) and, You've done you've done a lot of that work, and it's something that we're just giving another medium to uh, a life of work and passion to you know to share to share to wider wider audience base. So I don't know what is your uh, just car- yeah. out of curiosity, Chris, since I don't actually know the answer to this question. What is your <laughs> your actual paying profession? Because we don't pay you yet. Uh, here at Conundrum. But so what do you, what do you do as a, as like your paying profession? Well, I actually have two jobs. Um, My main job, my 40 hour a week job is as office manager of a local automotive shop. And in my free time, haha, that's cute. um, In my free time, I'm also an adjunct professor for a college in Kansas. And I teach criminal justice classes. That's what my uh, master's degree is in. Oh, I have a that's rad. And a master's in criminal justice. So, yeah, I mean, no, they're and, both rad, but that last part is super rad. I'm telling you, don't you I'm also, you ahead. do one for sexual trafficking too, don't you? Sex trafficking. Um, that is actually the class that I am giving for the first time this coming semester. Yeah. It's class in human trafficking. They, they let me, God, they love me at my college. God bless them. Um, they, uh, I teach a class in terrorism, which I've taught for the last five years steadily. I used to teach a class in workplace violence, but they folded that in under another name when they were consolidating things or whatnot. So last semester I taught a class in mass shooters and it was one, I get to make these from the ground up. I teach them mostly from PDFs, So my students don't have to buy books. Um, and they, they let me choose my subject like my special topic interest. So I get to research to my heart's content and I'm an absolute freaking nerd. Y'all I'm, I'm a nerd. She with is. That hyper-focus <laughs> is a fabulous thing sometimes. At any rate, last semester was a, cl- a class on mass shooters that I really, really enjoyed. And then this semester is going to be a class on human trafficking as well. Cool. 
Uh, I um so, I was originally oh. going to school uh, back back in the day for criminal criminology um, up at Eastern University, and I ended up going a completely different direction and went and got a botany degree and chemistry degree. Uh, so I love it when I hear people's stories, like where they where they're at and what they're teaching, what they're doing with their their education. So that's really cool. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I started into a doctorate into forensic psychology. And the program that I was in did not fit me. It was very much built around standardized testing, which I think is absolute bullshit. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I made it about, and they didn't even go by semesters. They went by quarters, I think. And I made it about two quarters in and I was like, oh, okay, no, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is not, I can't even make myself do this shit. So yeah, that's, yeah. You got to follow your passion. Anyway, uh, we can yeah, move on. For sure. <laughs> I, I love to see this is great because Holly's getting to know Chris and Chris getting to know Holly because okay. this is, they're both really good friends of mine and now they're going to become better friends. I love this. So, because I think that I this is your explain, motto in life, Gary, you make well, everyone be friends. Well, and that's just it, Chris. I, I think we, this has been told to you, but if you're a friend of mine, you're a friend to all my friends. So you have to learn that you've been come you and Tyler, Tyler and Zola too, are going to be, you're now part of my group. You're part of my tribe. And I accept most people as long as they're cool. So I, I, so you guys are just part of that. So accept it. And we just, you know, okay. then you move on. Cause it's going to happen whether you want it or two or not. Duh, um, I'm done with that. I needed a tribe. Like no, we just need a cool name now. Ooh, but that's so, uh, like Cornundrum. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cornundrum. I don't know what the <laughs> issue is. So. Okay. I'm down um, y'all. I'm down. I'm in. So I do. My next question is kind of, it's a, it's a multi-part. So listen to it all. And then I can repeat stuff for you if you need it to. Gotcha. Um, why are you on our show today? Did we get permission to talk today about trans issues from your daughter? Do you mind explaining why she didn't want to be on the show? Those are my questions. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I am here today because you invited me to come on and talk about the experiences that we've had as a family, um, as our child came out as transgender. Um, and, and what that has been like and the feelings from maybe a parental perspective is kind of how I understand that. And exactly. Yeah. And of course, the very first thing that I did was check with my daughter and make sure that she was okay with this, because in all reality, we're talking more about her and I can imagine how she would be uncomfortable being the subject of conversation. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that she was okay with that. And she told me that the fact that I asked her signified to her that I was going to center her in the conversation. Um, and so she was okay with that. Um, and that, and that's, that's okay with me. And then I also, I even invited her right before we started this and, mm -hmm. oh, and I even invited her up here into the room to sit with me just so that she could hear what I said. And Alex um, is a really unique, awesome freaking kid, man. Um, yes, she, she is. She is, she is transgender, but she is also on the autism spectrum and has ADHD. And with the autism spectrum comes a certain amount of social anxiety mm -hmm. um, and interacting and all that kind of stuff. It really, yeah, it ups her anxiety and there's no reason to do that unless there's a reason to do that. Um, so she's just, she's not necessarily comfortable talking about herself um, and all that. And I don't know that she would even know where to start really so she's a, yeah she's an awesome kid man <laughs> yeah i have a hard time talking about myself i can only imagine if i you know being a, a young a young human and going through the things that you know 
seems like she's got some stuff going on too. It's like, I don't know that I would be able to, to do that. So I get it. Yeah. She's a great kid. She's just a little bit more introspective and she's very choosy about situations that she puts herself in. Um, and quite frankly, sure. as a mom, I'm kind of proud of that Yeah, a little bit, that what, you know, part of what I have taught her is to be protective and to be aware of herself and what she's, you know, the energy she's and able to send and, and boundaries directions. Yeah. So, so in all, I mean, like, I'm sad that she's not here, but I also think it's a win because I think in not being here, she's kind of taking care of herself. Absolutely. So my thoughts, I think it's, I think what you've, everything you've said from, obviously don't know her, know her as well as you do, but I think everything you said fits Alex to a T and I, I'm just thrilled that she allowed us to do this. Yes. So thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and she is planning on listening later. Um, I told her the link and her siblings also are excited to listen and they're waiting for the link. (laughs) This is like a family affair, although I'm like the face of this right now or the voice, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah. I'm like, yeah, my husband, God love him. He's upstairs watching TV because he was going to miss his shows if he was down here because he couldn't watch them in the background. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, no, it's your thing, baby. Poor poor Tyler. Poor Tyler. He he has to suffer so much. Oh, so much. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the next the next question for you, Chris, and I apologize if I if I don't word this question this question very well, but uh, do you do you mind using the term trans daughter, and if so, why? Um, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I've heard a whole lot of iterations of what people might call her, and for the most part, um, what I hear is people who are struggling because this is. I mean, in the grand scheme of socially, the the idea of socially acceptable transgender is is a fairly new thing. And so there's a lot of people who are struggling to catch up with some of the history and some of Mm -hmm. that um, evolution. And so personally, I try to meet people where they are. And if there's a need for education, I'll do my best as far as it relates to our situation. Um, But what I have found, because I really, I make it a point to try to engage with like, there's a group on Facebook called trans army that I'm a part of. Um, and I try to engage with a lot of pages to try to educate myself. And it's really, it's a changing landscape. I think a lot in vernacular and all that. So in my opinion, and it's probably easier for me because I'm not having to live the reality of being trans. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's easier for me to meet people where they are and, and allow them to, you know, say things that, you know, may or may not be a little cringy. They likely don't know that it's cringy. Um, but trans daughter, I'm fine with daughter. I'm fine with, um, mm-hmm. I, Alex is Alex fine with saying trans. I'm, or do you know that one? Um, in all honesty, I'm not really sure. We're a little bit, uh, Alex has the biggest heart. I think I've probably ever encountered and to, to give you a little insight into who she is, um, back in middle school, I got a call from the principal or acting principal at the time who knew Alex um, and said, hey, look, I had to call Alex into the office because one of the teachers reported that they witnessed Alex being bullied. Um, and I just wanted to check in and see what was going on. And when I you know, asked Alex about the situation, um, her response was that she didn't want the other kid to be in trouble because they were probably just having a bad day. And Alex can handle it. 
Wow. That was, oh yeah. And we're that talking. That kind about, of forethought. Damn. Uh, and we're talking about. And it's so Alex. About, yeah. Fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. Fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. Was, and, and that is how, you know, and a lot of that is part of why we moved here um, is because she was encountering the bullying. She knew that she was different. We hadn't quite found a name or, or we didn't even understand entirely what was going on. It was with the help of an excellent therapist um, that, that we even kind of understood. And that therapist helped all of us kind of um, open our eyes to what was going on and the signs that were right there, but we just didn't know, like we didn't, mm-hmm. this wasn't something that we knew that much about. Um, so it was really an interesting evolution there, but no, I don't necessarily get offended unless people are trying to be offensive. Fair. Okay. That's good. Um, so this next question you might want, I, I'm going to put it out the full thing and then you can decide where you want to answer with it. I know that sounds much more foreboding than what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. what are you, uh, what are you doing? Uh, where are you going? What, uh, what are your daughter's and your family's biggest challenges and rewards? So if you only feel you can answer for yourself on that, go for it. But um, what are, what are the, it sounds like you've answered part of it. What are challenges and what are some of the rewards? Because we, we know she's this beautiful person. Well, and there are very definitely without question, both challenges and rewards. Um, the challenges I think that we've mostly confronted, it's never been acceptance of Alex as a person or allowing her to be the person she wants to be. I think most of the time, and I'm not really speaking for, well, eh, never mind. I was going to say, I'm not really speaking for myself. I'm more speaking for, you know, the older two kids um, because I know that they also have confronted some social challenges in this, but they are also very unquestionably Alex's backers and defenders, and they are willing to fight a bitch. Like <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. They like, they will go to the mat, right? Um, you want to let somebody talk some crap to their younger sister and you want to watch the hell unleash uh, yeah. because they will. Um, yep. And they defended her at school and they've, I mean, like more than once, Alex wouldn't tell them who was doing it. And that's the, <laughs> that's Alex. Um, and so just, can I sit, can we talk about the other kids? I don't want to name them a third, if you don't know. But oh we, no, they'll be fine. Andy, Andy and Maggie, and they'll be fine. Yeah. So I'm assuming Maggie of the two love you, Andy, but Maggie would be the one I'm assuming who would beat the shit out of anybody, you know, uh, uh, Maggie is a five foot two spitfire that will mm-hmm. kick the crap out of anybody that talks shit about her family. And that doesn't matter what member of the family it is. She yeah. is absolutely fierce. She is my social justice warrior. She has That's like awesome. a million percent heart and she will go after anybody that she sees as hurting somebody else um, or discriminating against somebody else. Like she's, she is not afraid. There is not a bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even a tiny bit of fear exists in that child's body. Um, out, of, Andy, out of curiosity, uh, did they get in trouble a lot in school for beating up bullies? Um, you don't even, we're not going to, we're not going <laughs> to talk about how I had the vice principal as a name saved in my phone and it was his cell Cause, phone number. Cause just that's me. me to a T. That's yeah. why I say that Chris, cause my, my mom, my mom actually worked for the school district and she would get a call and she didn't even have to ask which kid it was. And she's just like, what did she do now? <laughs> it's like that oh, is exactly Maggie. Well, because Andy, 
Andy someone. flies under the radar. And he yeah. does he does he does enough to get by and not cause trouble and or do just the right thing. kind of trouble. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's that's Andy. Like he's ornery and he's impish, but he flies under the radar. And and Maggie is all in your face. Like she did not hesitate. If there was a teacher that she thought was not being fair, call him out. She was in their face and she would, yeah, she would let them know and she would get sent to the office and this vice principal would call me and he'd like, all right, Chris, I, I need you to come and pick her up. <laughs> oh God, what now? What, what uh, happened now? What, what has happened? And more than likely <laughs> it was, she mouthed off and was not going to take anybody's crap. And she is very much of the mind. If you don't treat me with respect, I have no reason. Yeah. To treat I will let you know. My and mom she, actually had to say, had that almost verbatim conversation in that she's like, so the teacher did this. And then turn around and treat it. How do you expect a child to treat you with respect when you don't show that same respect? Well, and, and this is the same conversation I had to have. And they're like, yes, but you do understand that she can't do that. She can't set that example. That's not okay. And we're going to have to suspend her. And I'm like, all right, I'll take her home. And then I let her watch TV for the rest of the time. <laughs> she didn't yeah. really get in trouble because I'm like, God, I can understand it. And if I yeah. had balls, that's what I would say too. So I get it. Like I, I get it. Oh I yeah. Can't. You don't have balls, whatever. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, well, I have grown them, but it has taken. Yeah. I was going to say she was but... born with them and I don't get that. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm frankly quite, I'm, I'm quite impressed. And she's either going to cure cancer or be the most improved inmate of the month. And we have yet to figure out <laughs> exactly which way that's going to go. I think it's so funny that we talk about growing a pair as being like this, the symbolism of strength and and they're very sensitive and they can make you very weak right and i'm like yeah a pussy could take a pounding i'm just saying i have how would you know that holly how would you know that (laughs) (laughs) because i beat a bitch a few times i bullies i don't discriminate against my bullies if my bullies are oh oh, i was was taking pounding meaning you know (laughs) oh gary <laughs> no, no, we can't. We can't have that. No, not that. He's not been right on here. a roll today. He's been on a roll today. <laughs> there ain't nothing we can do. We get no. But I am actually, I'm actually ashamed that that is the wording. God, there's so much learning that I even still have to do. As much oh, as really? I, you know, as yeah. much as I think that I have freed myself from a lot of the learning and all that crap, I really just said that. Oh, you and, and me I, both. And I'm actually kind of. Yeah. I'm actually kind of like, oh, like that's cringy. That's yeah. cringy for me because you I know realize better. It, right? that mean for shit's sake. Like I'm mad about that now. I'm mad <laughs> so used to say that we should honestly switch. They they have they have a very strong pussy, you know. And then if they're weak little shits, and it's they have they have some they have some big balls on them, don't they? It's how we should be doing. So, <laughs> well, but, in, in all honesty, no, it, we shouldn't be ge- we shouldn't be putting a gender to it. Period, because it's not about that. But I won't get yeah. into that because that's not our conversation. Today. Oh, but you're totally right. I'm sorry. We're we're getting. Do you want to ask the next question, Holly? <laughs> yes. We're getting off. And I, it was my sorry. fault. I admit it completely. But yeah, okay, you really. So. As soon as we talked about panty pussy, you you got completely sidetracked. But yeah. <laughs> we'll get back. I know. On track. I was like, what, what can I? I can't help. So, so that's Chris, part of the fun of the podcast. Uh, anyway, was, go ahead. <laughs> has there been? to your knowledge anyhow and where you feel comfortable has there been any backlash from any friends family or uh, members of your community yes. um yeah they're high um well it it is what it is everybody is at a different level of learning and growing themselves absolutely 
And I try to hold space for that. Although there are people that make that a very difficult endeavor. Um, we came from a very small town in Kansas, like around 2000 people, 2,500, if you count the surrounding farms um, and heavily Mennonite. And um, we left not too long after we started the therapy and, and all that stuff that helped us understand what was going on with Alex, uh, because I knew that there was not any way in the world um, that Alex was going to find acceptance there. And I wasn't going to curse her to that. So we found a way to get out. Um, I didn't give very many people the opportunity there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was on purpose because the few people that I had shared it with that were close friends, they weren't necessarily disapproving, but overwhelmingly the response has been, I just don't understand. Um, and no amount of talking so far has been able to make those people get it that they don't have to understand because it's not their life. So yeah, I want to make sure our listeners understand that we're okay. And you should be okay with people saying we don't understand. Yeah. Hopefully that means it's leading to more open conversation. What Chris is then saying is it didn't, but I mean, we all honestly, they they weren't interested in really, in in really understanding that's the thing. Um, This was so far outside of their realm of lived experience that it wasn't something they could even fathom. Like they, they couldn't necessarily have empathy because they just even couldn't imagine. And that to me is really sad Mm -hmm. Um, because, Oh my Lord, think about even, even in a small town, the number of personalities and personal choices and you know, the, the things that you're born with your hair color, your eye color, your sexuality, your gender, like all the things that you're born with, those variations are so very much there and they're present. And I don't, I guess I get frustrated sometimes by people's lack of imagination um, and lack of ability to, to understand where somebody else might be coming from if they want to engage in that. If you don't want to engage in that, there's no shame in that, but you don't necessarily get to judge it because you don't understand it. And that's the right. part where I, frustrated is, is people who are, who are so staunch in the, well, you know, whatever your sex organs are is your gender. Right. And actually I was going to say that that really leads in beautifully to the next question anyway. So I'm going to kind of stop you and ask the next question because it's leading beautifully into that. What, what is the one thing you hope our listeners get out of today's podcast? Um, empathy, quite frankly you don't have to understand and you don't have to know all the things and you don't have to be the super woke person all the time and you can make mistakes and all those kind of things. But I think the thing that I, I really hope for people in general is that they can be a little bit more open to the idea that not everybody, you know, not everybody is a square peg that fits in the square hole. Mm, um, that's fact, beautiful. Parts, most of us in society have managed to shave off our corners to fit in the round hole because it works more for society and but we not fail for the to, individual. Well, exactly. And we fail to understand that we can create our own hole in whatever shape we're in. And that's just as valid as the people who shave themselves, you know, to fit in the round hole or to fit in the square hole or whatever. Like there's not, um, these rigid definitions are, are what upset me, you know, societal expectations are what make you shave those corners and societal expectations change. 
So if you've made yourself into a circle, you're still going to fit into the square hole there, but you're not going to fill it. And I think that's part of, you know, some of the things that are going on right now, people have modified themselves to sustain these societal expectations because that's what their parents taught them. And that's what their parents before them taught them. Um, And that's the way things are passed down generationally. Um, But when society expands like this and you start to get new people in there who aren't willing to shave themselves down, um, the societal expectation goes suddenly from that, from that nice clean circle that everybody was used to, Mm -hmm. to the square and the circle still fits. um, But there's definitely space around the edge. And that space around the edge, if you can grow to fill that, um, is a whole lot more fulfilling when you're participating in society, at least in my opinion. I mean, you can continue to be the circle in the square hole if you want to, um, but to me, you're missing out. Um, that's, that's beautiful. That's one of the things that I, I came up with that on the spot. Are you impressed? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's very beautiful. I mean, really, that gives me the feels. Good job. This is why I'm a teacher. There you go. Anyway. I wish I had more in-person classes like that kills me anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so like the, in the process of, of growing, there is a little bit painful sometimes because you have to deconstruct some of those things that you were taught that, you know, if you let go of those, especially if, you know, if your parents are already gone, if your grandparents are already gone, of course, you're going to hold tighter to those things because they taught them to you and you value those people mm. whether or not. So it's very hard a lot of times you, you hold on to old ways because that's because yeah. those are comfortable and because they remind you of the people that you know you you've loved and lost or the people that you still love now or you know that literally it's comfort it is comfort you have a comfortable space you know in this very circular you know hole but me maybe not everything is a circle that's huh. really beautiful. I'm going to be thinking about this like all night, picturing <laughs> circles and squares and this Don't whole analogy and yeah. feeling that space and feeling like feeling our wholeness and our uniqueness. I'm going to, it's, I might even, I might even just start like tweeting about it and maybe write a book on it because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I hear, I'm hearing what you have to say here. This conversation is really like, I, I'm curious to know from your perspective is, what is for you, what is your hope for the queer community and more specifically for the trans community? Okay. Well, I, and I got to back it out a little bit because yeah. um, the person that I am is the person that I've always wanted to be, which I really enjoy, but that means that I don't separate it out into just my hopes for the queer community or the trans community or anything else. My hope in general for humanity as a whole is equity, not just equality. Equality assumes that everybody starts at the same place. And that is not where our society is at right now. Um, There are people who are starting out who have significant disadvantages simply because of who they are, who they were Mm -hmm. born, not because necessarily of choices they've made, but of how society responds to them. Um, And so my hope in general is equity. There are people out there who are trans who can't be recognized as who they are because society won't allow it. And that's not okay. That's not equity. Um, There are people out there who, I mean, like I'm, I'm cisgender and I'm in a heterosexual relationship and I'm a white female. I don't have quite all of the advantages, but literally I'm just missing a penis. So, I mean, like speaking from my 
perspective, I'm actually feeling a little ashamed sometimes of the amount of privilege that I have. Um, and if there was a way that I could share that with the people that I see that are discriminated against um, or for whom biases exist, I would do that in a heartbeat. I have yet to figure out how to do that other than just continuing to show up and continuing to speak. So to kind of go a little off script here, why do you feel like that's not enough? And I mean, what I mean by that more specifically is you talk, you mentioned like I'm um, privileged and I, I feel kind of guilty about that. And yet you're using that, you're using that, you're using the energy, the time, your knowledge, your experiences, and the things that you have available to you in some of which maybe born from a place of privilege. And you're using that to contribute to your community, to society, um, to just to the world. Uh, why do you feel like that's not enough? So I've had a lot of years of therapy and that's how I can answer this. <laughs> I love that part. I'm just saying. Um, so like the reality is I'm doing the best that I can. And I know that I'm doing the best that I can, mm-hmm. um, but like pretty much most of the rest of us, I'm secretly superwoman. Um, and I have I powers it. apparently that I'm not using that, that, you know, could make things better for the entire world. Um, so really there's a, probably a bit of ego involved in that answer, quite frankly, because okay. I, I want to do more and I feel like I should be able to do more, um, because I am smart, right. And I am educated mm-hmm. and I have a platform because I'm a white woman. Right. Um, and I could do more than what I'm doing. I think could in the sense of like the three words you should never use <laughs> are could, would, shoulda, right. Uh, because they're shaming words. They are every time you Mm -hmm. use them, it's a shaming word. I get it. It's just something that I haven't trained myself to not do yet. Okay. Um, It's just, it's like a realization and a recognition or a recognition, 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 for God's sake, I'll find the word. (laughs) It's a realization and recognition that I have enormous privilege, although I'm not rich. um, And we struggle, you know, on the daily that doesn't, speak to privilege. No. Um, and it always feels like I could be expending more energy because I know about the inequalities and the inequities. Um, and my ability to influence that state of affairs is really frustrating. So it's an internal struggle. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. That's yeah. You're just, wow. I'm, I'm learning stuff about you that I, that it's very impressed with right now. So well, I don't know what you're impressed with because I just confessed, you know, a fault flaw. That you're what? human. Yeah, you're human. I love <laughs> I it. Mean, no, right? Okay. You're human. And I appreciate you being very honest and, and answering and sharing your feelings on that. Because I think I think a lot of us feel that way from various different levels. Um, maybe from privilege, maybe from birth, maybe from wealth, maybe from gender. I d- whatever we might be feeling all these different things. And sometimes we forget that uh, there are other people in the world that also have very similar uh, feelings on that and perspectives on that. And I appreciate you you sharing that. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Y'all I'm so gonna now- open- I'll tell you, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you crap. You didn't want to know. <laughs> all right, kids. You I hear don't. it. You just get out your diaries. <laughs> You're going to start journaling our thoughts and feelings. 
I, I'm going to make the therapy worth it. That's what I keep telling my kids. Like Tyler and I will make sex jokes in front of them. They're like, Oh my God, why would you even say that? Uh, Not like therapy. Sex jokes, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, look, you're going to need therapy one way or the other. We're just trying to make it worth it. There you go. Like that's, <laughs> we want you to get your money's worth kid. <laughs> At least make it more entertaining for the counselor side of it. <laughs> but exactly. Well, cause I mean, like Tyler will make a, a you know, he'll make a joke like, yeah, that's what we're going to do later. You know, and Alex will be like, oh my God, why are you, why do you have to be gross? Or like, yeah, it's therapy bills. We're, we're making it worth it. Like, oh, I'm going to do it, do it, do it right. So. Right. I'm going to use that um, the next time Des's kids are around. We're going to, I'm just going to say something like that. It's like, we're making counseling worth it. Oh my <laughs> and then God. Just walk, and just walk away. Yeah, therapy the, bills. Might as well. Get one, I'm really curious the one in particular, you know, yeah. what their reaction would be to that. So I would like to know that one. So uh, just say, yeah. yeah. You, I can tell you right now, it's ooh, gross. Yeah, I was gonna say. And then say. if the if sixty nine's involved at all, if it's the temperature in the room, in your car, <laughs> anything like that, you just get a noise, and then they walk away. <laughs> it's a that constant sounds, battle. Yeah. They, they they would come up and they would change the temperature in the house to sixty nine, and just and I we'd be like, God, it's free. You know, it's either hot or cold or whatever. And go down to like change the thermostat. I was like, why does it say 69? And then from like the like basement, you hear noise, like really loud. <laughs> it just don't. I anyway. can see without a problem them doing that. So. <laughs> noise. Um, so I have to say at this point, a person that uh, Chris and I both worked with, I won't say her name because she hasn't proved this. She, um, we have to call out numbers at the, at the main place that we work. And she refuses, she gets a guy to do it if the number 69 comes up. She refuses to call the number out. Oh my goodness. Because she's like, I enjoy it the most because I joke with the students. What? But but you're dealing with. Wait, 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 wait. How how do they feel about 99? They're fine with anything (laughs) other than that. So, but you know, so I just, I think it's, it's hilarious. I feel bad for her because they, then the kids all make, Oh, you know, so, you know, but I think it's, it's hilarious. And of course we're older, so we can deal with that stuff better than somebody who is, you know, still college age. So. Oh, that oh, my word. Oh, so my I goodness. feel it's weird after all these wonderful questions we've asked and you've answered just beautifully, Chris, better than I would have anticipated. And I love that. We're going to ask you a couple just kind of cheap questions at this point that I'm feeling it almost in some way but also because we have done the we've done a couple of shows on a few uh individuals that have had an impact on our community but more specifically on the transgender side of our community and i personally curious to know from your perspective uh you know just kind of what your thoughts are so and i honestly know these to a degree because you and i have talked about these two things ad nauseum. But my my question for you is, what are your feelings about Caitlyn Jenner? Mm. Oh, there's more to <laughs> it. So she has she has brought trans right into the spotlight, but she is very much disliked by the queer community. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> so thanks for the loaded question, Jerk. Um, (laughs) so to balance my answer in the way that i always try to um i can very much respect caitlin jenner 
for her willingness to come out, given the stature that she had in society. And I know that that couldn't have been easy for her. And I know that she faced a significant amount of backlash. And quite frankly, I think she fucking rocked it on the coming out. Um, as far as the way that she's conducted herself since then, um, I'm disappointed, but not terribly surprised. Um, because what I have seen generally out of the relative Hollywood type, if you will, uh, is more of the self-centeredness. And she kind of got hers and now she's lost in my opinion anyway. And obviously I can't speak for, her, I'm not in her brain, but no, based what, yeah, based on, yeah. Um, <laughs> based on what I've observed there, um, I, quite frankly, I think she has a significant amount of self-loathing. Um, and although she's come out, I don't know that she's accepted herself yet. And I think that that reflects very much in the way that she responds to social issues, especially in the political arena. Um, for me, I can't find any other way to understand it, like trying to put myself in her shoes and going through what she has gone through in the past few years. That's the only way that I can make it make sense. Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't appreciate her political opinions. And I think a lot of times the ways that she has um, chosen to interact with the media and with social issues reflects that sense of self-loathing that, that appears to be. Um, so she might be trans and she might be out, but I don't know that that always equates to acceptance of who you are and then following empathy that allows you to accept other people for who they are. Okay. That's see, you make it classy. Even when I uh, realize, <laughs> see, that's you, you're a beautiful speaker. Um, I, I am, uh, I'm the granddaughter of a politician, my friend, if I didn't know how to say things, I wouldn't be speaking. Oh my I gosh. Would, I oh am God. too. I, I I'm a grandson of a politician. I love that. So my one side of the family is very political. I am the granddaughter of drug runners. And <laughs> this is why we're friends, Holly. This is why uh, we're, friends. we're drug runners, slave traders, black, like black market. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's political, right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah In some ways yeah. more political than what we're talking about. Yeah, honestly. for sure. Oh no. I love that. That's the other end of the spectrum because yeah. there is its own entire society on that side that operates, you know, under the, the eye of oh, yeah. mainstream society. And, and, and but often, often with their support. Uh-huh, but um, it still has all its same rules and all the rest of those things that you don't violate just or violate sorry just like mainstream society right so it's so not true. like you didn't get caught honey it's just a different society it's just different <laughs> it's just different perspectives <laughs> yep. um so you shared your thoughts on, on caitlin jenner and and i i share many of those sentiments i do appreciate the additional insights though that you've you shared um question about our favorite author jk rowling oh god <laughs> oh my god why did you have to eviscerate me uh, on this question because this question actually literally rips my fucking heart out right oh it's terrible we, we've we've talked about her so yeah i, I we haven't it, our listeners have it uh and if it's if it's if it's mm. not if you're not comfortable please feel free to oh, no 
did not I'm answer, but uh, I, 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 for me, I'm disappointed. And I've talked about this before on the show, just very disappointed. They, there's so many things they could have done with their life and they just, this is a privilege. Like this is somebody who took their privilege and then just loaded it up in the, their, their BS bazooka and just started puking it out everywhere. I, my analogies aren't as cool as your, your pegs and round holes, but <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah. It's, so yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, um, I have to issue a disclaimer again first. Okay. Um, Potter is my safe space. Like I initially, like I didn't get into it when it was first coming out. Um, I thought nothing of it. I ignored it for several, several, several years. And it was literally probably about, oh, like six or seven years ago that I was actually first introduced to the books by a friend of mine who insisted. And she was like, dear God, just read the first one because I think you're going to like this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like sci-fi. I don't like this crap. Like I'm a, I'm a mystery. You give me a murder mystery. You know, you give me some suspense. You give me some action in a book. Like I'm down for that. I'm not having your, you know, like I'm a John Grisham not a JK Rowling. Like, I don't know what the hell you're thinking, but whatever I can read any book. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So I read the book and I was hooked and I loved it. And, and literally I have read the series countless times and the movies are on in the background, like the ADHD thing. I need background noise that I don't have to focus on. And I know where I'm at, you know, whenever I look up Harry Potter is that I have all of them. <laughs> and like Harry Potter is my thing. I could immerse myself in that world and I feel safe there and I can take myself there. And it's really been, um, to me, as crazy as it might sound, um, I'm such a nerd and bookworm. Harry Potter's been transformative. She is. Oh, I am. <laughs> but Harry Potter's been transformative in my life. It has been such a touchstone and such a big thing. And so hearing this and the amount that it hurt my heart mm-hmm. was probably outsized to what most people would think. But then I also um, have also managed to just kind of block it out. Um, I know what the books meant to me Mm -hmm. and I don't care anymore what her intention was or who she is as a person. What matters to me is the words that have spoken to me um, and the way that I have allowed those things to influence me. So I don't think of her. Fair. Um, and I, don't I try think of her to, anymore either. I love yeah, it. I, I try to block nope. her out. I, I, I try very desperately not to support anything where I know money goes to her specifically. Um, so I'll buy my Harry Potter books secondhand. I'm Same. in need of a new set actually, if anybody's oh, yeah. about Christmas, because mine are worn out and the spines are all broken. And I think I might've lost one or two of them. Oh. So if anybody listening wants to get me a Christmas gift later on or birthday, coming up in september just um, uh I just use, direct message I me use. because i have two complete <laughs> sets over here <laughs> i was gonna say a used set of harry potter books so that i could read them again would be fabulous um I, i'm disappointed like i can't even begin to tell you how disappointed because i had built a personality for her mm-hmm. in my mind she didn't live up to yeah and in yeah. reality that's my failing not hers um because she is who she is and it's my fault that I made an expectation um, that she a reasonable look. expectation. Just saying. Well, it is. Well, it is reasonable, and I and I agree with you there. But the reality is, I don't get to put my expectations on other people. Fair. 
That is um, and, and so I have to kind of take it the way I've taken a lot of things around these particular subjects and allow them to live their life and happiness over there. Um, they don't need to be part of my world because they don't do anything to enhance it. Um, so I don't pay attention to the news around her and I don't pay attention to what's going on around her and she can be over there and make her statements or whatever. And I'm not going to give her any bandwidth. Fair. Like I'm not. Wow. So, you're, I mean, you're amazing. She's ruled herself out. And so I can separate her from the books and I'm going to refer to her now as JK. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's, that's the thing. The important thing is Harry Potter. And I'm really, really impressed with the fact that the actors in the movies unfailingly have come out in support of the community. Yep. Um, And the fact that a lot of the staffing that was part of that production, uh, same thing that uh, just writers and directors of those, of the screenplay and um, producers, they're just like, nah, no, we don't support this. It's not our thoughts and feelings on this. Yeah. So. And they've said their piece. And, and the fact that they are not on board with it gives me heart. Um, and I just fall back. Oh, my God, constantly. I can't even begin to tell you how much I fall back on the idea that I can't control other people. What? And in reality, my, like my ability to influence them is limited. Um, and I can only do what I can do. And if that is who they have chosen to be, I can't do anything else with that. I can't make that different. I can't magic it into being. I can't wave a wand. That's never going to happen. Um, So I can spend a whole lot of time being mad about it and being resentful, um, or I can just let it the fuck go. Um, And quite frankly, I took some frozen on this bitch. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like that's where I'm at on that. Can I be mad about it? That's good. Oh my goodness. But can't be mad about that. I love that. That's it. I'm riding the frozen sled, my friend. Like I'm let letting it go. Let yep. it go. I'm letting it go and I'm loving the things I love and I'm not loving the things I don't love. And I'm just letting that exist the way it is because I can't change it. And I think a lot of people with Harry Potter universe feel that way. I, I don't think you're by any means alone. We've all had to kind of a la carte what we will accept and what we don't from this, because I agree with you. She was an amazing storyteller with at least this series of books. And it's, I've had to, again, like you said, let it go and accept what I want to and let the other shit go away. Well, exactly. Um, And that's honestly how I approached parenting in general. I can't even begin to tell you, like, you know, I'm the, I'm the bookworm. I'm the nerd. I read probably an entire library full of parenting books before Andy even arrived. And then after he got here. So um, what happened? I, How did it become so more. weird? I don't get well, it. My kids are fabulous. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> and I watch out. Maggie's going to come Andy, down there. Andy, I and love you. Uh, Gary, no, she knows Andy what you knows look I like. I love him. Yeah. I will, Gary, so, Maggie knows I what love. you look like now, dude. Like, yeah. For the sake of letting your face be known. So you better be careful about what you say. Oh, and, and I, what I can say about Maggie right now, she's listening. This woman is so beautiful. She is. She's a beautiful, I mean, truly a beautiful, she's got these gorgeous blue eyes, this gorgeous red hair that all these people would kill for and this beautiful complexion of skin. And she's just this gorgeous woman. And so I, I have to say that about her. And and then she can be embarrassed and get pissed at me for that instead. So um, she is, man, I have beautiful kids. Like, I don't know what you're talking you about. You do. My oldest no, you son- do. 
also has beautiful red hair and those same beautiful blue eyes. And they look like they are twins, but they are two years apart. And, and Andy should be and Andy time. needs to play Chucky. He still needs to for a Halloween needs to play Chucky. God, no. You're, you're just wrong. No. You're just <laughs> so anyway. Alex, Alex also, you have not seen Alex in a dress, but Alex also is absolutely beautiful. Like when I look at her, I can't imagine how I ever saw her as a different gender because she just appears that's, that's wonderful to be female like i look at her and i marvel the same way i marvel when i look at maggie as far as like oh my god you are beautiful and i see so much of myself in alex like if you look at our faces we are <laughs> we are stupidly similar and i look just oh like and my, your personalities are got, so similar oh, oh my yes. god oh, of all my crazy children? similar yes of, of all of my children alex is probably the most me <laughs> So I enjoy that. And I love that too. So I did want to do kind of a follow-up if you don't mind to a question that you kind of answered already, but so you've already said, you said that you um, identify as pansexual. Yeah. Um, Has that ever brought up any issues for you? Um, It hasn't mostly because I just now realized it. Um, And I realized it because of the conversations that have been going on in society and paying attention to them um, and then querying myself about where my feelings are at, what my experiences have been, because I have had, well, just sexual relationships with women. I can't imagine myself in a relationship with women because God love you, Holly, count yourself out sort of, but m- most of the time I don't enjoy being friends with females. Um, oh. I sure. don't necessarily ascribe to traditional gender roles. Um, I don't wear makeup. Gary can attest. Um, the last time I tried to wear contacts, I cra- I scratched my cornea because I was done. Okay. I want to say to the listeners at this point, yes, she <laughs> does. And she has those same gorgeous blue eyes that her daughter and son have. And <laughs> she has this beautiful ashen blonde hair. And she's this little thing that I think what you weigh a buck 20, maybe. And so <laughs> she is this beautiful person inside and out. And I know she's probably blushing now. I'm not. And, well, no, I'm just like, what are you even, who are you talking about? But anyway. No, she's this, she's this gorgeous person and we can get Tyler on. He will tell you the same thing. Mm. And so I'm going to say she, like so many women do, sells herself short because she was brought up in society that, that said she didn't fit the norms for whatever reason. But she is a gorgeous person herself. I have never fit. I have yet to find the place that I fit. And I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I'm not really sad about it. <laughs> oh, no, you're you're an amazing person, but you, you also need to accept that you're also a beautiful person. So anyway. Anyway, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not ever going to be anybody other than I am. So I'm not even. Yeah, see, she won't accept it. She's already di- diver- diverting, that's but that's okay. That's what it is. Um, At any rate, the, no, the idea of being pansexual, actually, um, in my own brain, having had you know, experiences with women before and also experiences with men. Um, I think I understand about myself from, again, years of therapy, y'all. I'm not even kidding about that. Um, But also having an education in psychology and then the education in criminal justice that really provides an idea of deviancy. And deviancy has been led to be like this hugely bad word when really all it means is somebody who varies from the norm, right? So yeah. So having an education in in all of those things um, makes me look at the way people act and how they choose to conduct themselves and how they feel and all that. So I, I have questioned myself about how I feel and who I'm attracted to 
and all that kind of stuff. And the reality that I've come down to, and the reason that I define myself as being pansexual is because what it comes down to for me is personality. Um, Mm -hmm. I fall in love with hearts, not bodies. Um, I'm not attached to a particular body type. I mean, like my first husband, my starter marriage, when I was in the military, he was my height, maybe an inch taller, which is okay. So an inch taller might be short on a generous day. (laughs) Yeah. So not very tall, um, trim build, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the body type, like, I didn't really care. It didn't really matter. Um, he was a jerk. That's why it was a start of marriage. Anyway, um, <laughs> my second marriage would be the father of my kids and he was five foot nine and he topped out right over 300 pounds, um, before he got sick and he, he wound up passing from cancer, um, after we'd been married for five years after all the kids were born. Um, and then, yeah, and I've had four marriages y'all. So judge if you want. Um, the, the third husband was six foot four or five, something like that. Stockier build, but not like seriously heavy. Um, and Tyler is six, three and a string bean. And I've had, you know, relationships with women and it's not ever been body type or anything else like that. I'm attracted to who a person is, and that's how. I'm defining myself as pansexual because I don't think that it would matter what genitals somebody came with um, or what their outward body looked like. What I'm drawn to is who you are, not what you are, if that makes any kind of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And that actually is a really good definition of a pansexual. So that all that. It's my definition. Um, and, and I understand there's a lot of people, I mean, there's, there's a lot of controversy in my understanding around the definition and um, and the differences between bi and pan. Um, and I just, I choose not to engage in that. I mean, in my opinion, we are free to define our own sexuality and who we're attracted to, um, in the way that we choose. And it's not somebody else's place to tell you that you're wrong. (laughs) So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Well, I appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Yeah, no, this is, Really, we want to thank you very much for this, uh, Chris. You've you've put uh, you've put a level of sophistication on this podcast that I don't know if we can live up to from now on. I, I'm not we'll, sure how to try. handle myself now. Yeah, um. I know it's like like <laughs> you sound so intelligent, and you've got a voice made for podcasting or radio. For oh, for and sure. So I'm like, going, I'm not sure how we go from here. <laughs> I hate hearing my voice on recording, and and let me just let you know, welcome to ADHD oversharing because it's what I do. <laughs> uh, so well, if anybody got any questions or or uh yeah sympathizes with I, I that i will yeah. say if you uh yes. gary if you're interviewing for my replacement i need to know now is you have a contractual obligation to let me know <laughs> if chris is the if chris or anyone <laughs> anyone is uh being interviewed to replace me in which Can case I just tell y'all chris gets my vote <laughs> I can't handle hearing my own voice on recording. Like my own voice when I hear it is cringy. You get so used to it you do. so quick. I, it's just amazing. We recorded, Gary, how many record? Like 14 episodes before we finally just said F it and started dropping episodes. <laughs> because yeah. it was it was hard, Chris. It was so hard yeah, to hear your just... we are perfectionists. We want things to be a certain way. And we finally realized like that is part of the journey of what, why we were starting this podcast to begin with. And we were denying that uh, to, to the people that we're trying to reach, which is 
this is who we are. We come as we are and we're learning and we're just going to, we're just going to dump it and you either love us or you don't uh, and trying to curate ourselves to something that we're not, you know, rounding off those edges yep. of our square pegs. Yep. <laughs> it just makes us something that we're not going to be able to live up to and ultimately be unhappy. And so we finally so, just started dropping the episodes. Yeah, we all do it, man. We Bef- all do it. Before we go off again, cause I'm, I'm loving this. We could go for another three hours on this. I just want to make sure though, if somebody, uh, do you mind uh, if you don't mind telling a way that listeners can get a hold of you directly if they have questions for you? And oh, if absolutely. you don't, you can just tell them to use our email, people, because Cornundrum yeah. has it. <clears throat> if you have questions or you just need to chat or you need a mom, because I have the free moms, free mom hugs t-shirt, and I mean it. Um, and, and if you are an LGBTQ, you know, or cis hetero kid like it doesn't really matter if you need a mom dude like i'm down um i'm a mom that's it i'm a mom and i and i meet people where they are and i do my best to meet the needs that they might have um so it is what it is but you're welcome to either email the podcast at queerundrum at queerundrum.com correct right guys yes okay i'm glad i pulled that out of my ass you did my own personal my own personal <laughs> is Christina, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, and then a dot, and then my last name, T as in Tom, H-I-E-L-E-N, at yahoo.com. That's my personal email. You're welcome to use it. Um, I can be an anchor to people who need it um, as much as I am able, you know, as as well as taking care of myself. Um I, I do everything that I can and that's the person that I want to be. And that's the person I'm proud of being. And so if you need it, reach out. We'll do. Thank you. I Thank you it. very much, Chris. We'll Not have to have you back on the show so we can dive into that, le- the legal conversations, because Ooh. I want, I tell you what, I was ready to go on that. I was ready to take this podcast a different direction, but I'm glad that we, we kept it on the subject that we, we were. I, mean, I think in a, I think in another month or two we're going to be bringing Chris back, folks. So yeah. let us let us know now if you hated her for whatever reason we don't know. More importantly, send us your questions you want us to ask Chris, or no. really any questions for any of us. We would love to hear from you on our email or any of our personal accounts, which are all listed at the end of this broadcast. Yes, they are. I will answer questions. I'm over it. Um, I actually sent it out to my personal assistant, which is my alter ego that is no longer taking calls right now. So we'll see. We might, she might get back to you. Maybe if she feels like it, if she feels like it, I might just put my dog on the line and see about answering those questions. So Ollie, are you ready to go into the queer conundrum? I absolutely am ready to jump into that, into the queer corner. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank for you. Those, yeah, for the rest <laughs> of you all listening, stick with us as we jump into our next segment of our show, The Queer Corner. Corner, corner, corner. <laughs> Welcome to our Queer Corner. Corner, corner, Hey, we're going to get this bad boy kicked off right away with a little bit of news. Because, heck, why the heck not? So welcome to everything you need to know about LGBTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. Hey, you know what? We're going to start off with fans only. Sorry, only fans. 
Uh, <laughs> if you're not already aware, they were trying to remove anything sexually explicit from their websites uh, and from the platforms in general because there were a lot of pressure from the money that be. Basically, the banking institutions are saying, hey, no more. So they tried to do that. It was in the news for quite a while that this was going to happen. And during that time frame, there is a basically proverbial F no on that. And they have done a complete 180 and said, mm, JK, we're going to go ahead and keep this, this particular content. And that includes LGBTQ creators who, have at, if this had gone through, would have jeopardized their livelihood. And so there was a lot of debate in general about um, not just the LGBTQ um, creators of sexual content, but just in general, there's a lot of creators out there that depend on uh, a form of income and using this web, this particular platform um, is a great way to generate money. And they were generating millions of dollars. Like this particular uh, content was very profitable. So obviously money spoke very loudly and only fans, guess what? you're still going to get your wonderful sexually explicit content, which I know nothing about on that particular platform because it's not one I use. So good for you guys. I have... on that. Yeah. I just, I that, now, just so you know, the shock, I had no idea what the hell I heard of it, but I did not know what it was. I thought it was so, football yeah, so was fantasy like, oh, stuff. Wow. So I've, I've been putting out there for free for years. I could have been making money on it. So. I, oh, this is true. You know what? Now that it's been reversed, you can reconsider that option if you want. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, this one's a particular fun one and kind of in the house of Gary. Uh, Mabel, My Beauty, which is a movie that's about uh, polygamy. It is yep. a, um, what do they call it? Sundance Film Festival. That's what it was. It was a Sundance yep. Film Festival uh, award winner. And it won the next category in that particular festival it will premiere in theaters this friday when this episode airs so check it out the filmmaker marin hill who uses she her and they them pronouns wanted to tell a story that felt truthful to her own experiences and one that she said is in a recent interview would really dive into the relationships and the characters in a way that was fun and multicultural and that would be sexy and fun to watch she directed, wrote, and produced this particular film, and it has won a lot of attention and love. You can follow uh, the individual actors. They do give out their uh, social media content. You could get on, on, on Instagram and Facebook and check that out. Um, it's, that's, it's super cool. I think this is great. I love having more things for us to check out, and maybe we could convince uh, Gary over here to check to to give us a review on it. But you can find more information on that at the NBCnews.com slash feature slash NBC out. And they do have a wonderful article on this particular uh subject. The next one and comes I'll from, remind me and I will. I mean yeah. seriously remind me. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop I'll I'll hit I'll hit you up and let you know. Uh the next bit of news comes out of the HRC, which we've talked about them in our last episode. And I'll get to that in just a second. So the Human Rights Campaign, so the HRC, announced that it is launching its first ever national in-home HIV testing kit program. 
So today, the HRC Foundation, which is the educational arm of the nation's largest lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer civil rights organization, is partnering up with Us Helping Us and has launched in the United States the first national in-home HIV testing program centered on reaching communities disproportionately impacted by HIV. That is Black and Latina X, gay, bisexual men, and transgender women of color. But also, it is the first time in history where the HRC will be providing the direct two-door services to the LGBTQ plus community by pledging to administer a minimum of 5,000 free in-home testing kits for HIV in, for over the year, over one year. Um, this is all a lead up to the Southern HIV Awareness Day that took place on August 20th. Uh, the in-home health uh, testing kit is aimed to empower people to learn more about their status and take control of their sexual health without having to be uh, seen by a medical provider. Uh, that's not saying that medical providers aren't involved, but it does relieve a lot of stigma around marginalized populations who aren't receiving the test and care. So this at least starts to inform them and educate them and provide them uh, with some opportunities. Um, there is a, a statement that was released by Alfonso David. And if that is ringing any bells in your ear, th that particular individual was a subject of our news last week, uh, where there's some allegations about their behavior regarding Como, the mayor of New York, and their allegations of sexual assault on 12 individuals. Uh, it's still under investigation. There's no new development on particular uh, for Alfonso David, but at this time, uh, Andrew Como is no longer in office, and that has that that particular office has uh, changed over um, to new leadership. So, something to keep an eye on to see where you know where we get from there. In other news, uh, this is kind of one that hits me a little bit, um, just because I think college applications are such a pain in the ass. But this comes from theconversation.com. And it's the article regarding change to the college application in, res in regards to the representation of gender expression, uh, gender identity, excuse me. So a change to the college application represents a step forward in how colleges can better support our trans students. Since its inception in 1975, the common application, which is the undergrad admissions application form that is used by 900 colleges, has required students to provide their sex and only male or female choices. But starting this August, the common application was now also going to ask students their gender identities, as well as names and pronouns they go by. Uh, a researcher who is specializing in the study of experience, uh, experiences of transgender college students says that they believe that this change represents a much needed opportunity for college students and universities to uh, acknowledge and respect gender identity of their transgender students. That being said, there's still a lot more our institutions can be doing to systematically support these members of our community. Uh, 2018 data shows that we're seeing a lot of stress, a lot of depression, suicidal ideation, dropping out of school, uh, not fully performing well academically because of these hangups in our culture transferring into the way we conduct ourselves as a society as in terms of like just application and how we identify ourselves. Uh, so this is great. This is, a, this is a nice step forward in that direction of taking care of members of our community. Uh, again, you can learn some more about that if you're interested at theconversation.com. Our last bit of news comes from the ABC 
news.go.com, and this has to do with health um, in relation to where Israel is in, in terms of donation of blood. So I'm happy to say that the USA has gotten a little bit better as well as some uh, European countries, but you, Israel is uh, one of the countries that can now be added to the list. Uh, Israel health minister says that he has lifted the restriction on blood donations by gay men, saying that the longstanding query posed to prospective donors was was discriminatory and degrading. Uh, so they have lifted these restrictions. And th- basically earlier this year in 2021, the UK uh, eased up on this restriction on blood donations from gay and bisexual men following a similar decision in USA uh, the year before. So this is huge. Uh, personal note on this. Uh, my brother has universal uh, blood and knew the responsibility that was carried with that, knowing that he can he can contribute to uh, life-saving procedures and help people in, in emergency situations. And so he donated on a regular basis. As soon as he was married to a man, it was documented at the state records. American Red Cross contacted him and said, you are no longer allowed in our facility to donate because you, because your record indicates that you're married to a man. Not that he tested with any sort of alarming concerns or anything like that. Uh, in fact, that old tale is very, very dated. The way our blood is processed now all over the world uh, for donors would screen out those risk factors anyway. And those individuals would be notified like, hey, your blood came back with certain markers that aren't safe for donation. We're going to ask you not to donate. And based on that, they would be rejected. And that makes sense. But they're just straight up discriminating against anybody of the gay community because of an old stigma that carries on. And uh, we're starting to see some of those restrictions lift and old data is being updated with current technology and understanding, which is great. Uh, I love to see that. I love to hear that. Uh, it's unfortunate that the primary reason this has come about is because there's a significant shortage because, oh, gosh, there are a lot of people going to the going into ER and ICU and they need blood and there's no resources because they basically have weeded out the resource pool uh, to to uh, discriminatory practices. Just kind of BS. Um, so, yeah. I have no news, uh, no additional news on the journalists that have been held captive over in Ghana. I continue to keep an eye out for any news update. My guess is uh, news is being controlled by the government there. And so there's very little information Uh, as new information comes to light. I will obviously keep you guys all updated. And that is my news on everything you ever wanted to know about LBGTQ news, but we're afraid to ask Gary go. Um, I did want to do a, uh, a follow-up. Just I, I love the fact that the college I'm at right now where I work is there have a committee making sure to go and have every student is given now the option there is uh, to make sure that they want to go by he, she, they. Uh, they are able now to have their they they don't have to go by their birth name. They can choose their the sex they identify with. Um, I'm actually I just became part of a committee to make sure this is being taken care of and we're oh, cool. going to be policing everything. So on that, I'd like to say that that's it's it's with everything else going on in the world, 
that's been great. And I love that. And I think the WSU has something of the same thing going on. So where you're at. So I say I'm at uh, uh, Western Colorado University. So um, so I, I do want to say that, that. I think that's great. I do want to say, unless I'm wrong, I do not think gay men can yet donate blood in the United States. Okay. So we're, we're still trying to get there. I might be wrong. And if I am, I will probably not admit it, but Holly will tell me. So, <laughs> but that's, um, I have a real issue with Red Cross for that reason. Uh, I have um, a lot of issues with Red Cross. Uh, one of which is their mismanagement of money and how a lot of it went missing, especially when helping Haiti the first time. It, well, one of the recent times it was hit uh, in a national disaster, about millions of dollars was just went missing and there's unaccounted for. Yeah. So, and I, I worked with them briefly as a CPR instructor and I can say this to a lot of people that's just come from Pullman area. Uh, Red Cross makes Washington State University look like a well-oiled machine. So <laughs> I think anybody who's been at WSU will understand what I'm saying with that. <laughs> Red Cross is that bad, but um, so I'm on. So, Talking about uh, my wonderful struggles as a um, person who's gone through bariatric surgery, which I, I'm still enjoying talking about that and getting some wonderful pe- feedback from people. Um, so first thing I'd like to say is I, my weight loss is slowing, but I'm at 203 today, which um, I, I honestly... I remember when I weighed less than that. And I remember when I weighed more than that, I don't remember ever weighing this amount. I I don't. Mm -hmm. So this is, so I'm enjoying that aspect of it. And today I realized I need to go out and buy some new clothes because my pants again are falling off of me. I got to go back to suspenders. I can have time to go (laughs) buy some new clothes. Um, So the thing I want to talk about today about um, the bariatric surgery is um, I kind of mentioned this in a tweet that Holly responded to is all of a sudden I'm getting, I'm now getting pictures of naked men sent to me, which I'm not saying I mind, but it's all of a sudden what, because I've lost 120 something pounds now mm-hmm. I am sexually desirable and I wasn't before. And it was weird. I, it's what's really weird is I'm getting two different kinds. So before I would get people, I would get people sending me naked pictures because they would want me to like lay on them and crush them and stuff, just sick fucks. And so on the other side of it, now I'm getting these, I got from a, from a, from a kid who I found out was 21. Thank God. Cause I was, I was going shit who sent me a naked picture of himself. And, and he was like, Oh, because I'm so sexy. And I'm going, Okay, um, I have kids older than you. (laughs) (laughs) And so what is this with gay men? And it seems to be gay men. I'm really narrowing it down here. But gay men just sending out pictures to unwelcome pictures. I'm not saying that that in the past that Dean and I haven't, you know, maybe shared a picture with each other or things like that. But where did this, where, where, you know, where is it seeming okay just to send this this basic stranger a picture of your cock you know Uh, know so So, um so 
dealing with I, it, this, these are new things I, I'm dealing with. Um, and then the, the big thing I want to talk about this time is after I want to talk about the bariatric surgery. We talked about a little about last week that going what all the process you have to get to it. So the big thing when you have the surgery itself, you there there is it, it's it's a surgery. You have pain. I'm not gonna. There is some pain that's involved. Um, there is a day of pretty bad pain, but I will say that was covered by I never took more than Tylenol, but that I was that was covered by Tylenol. But I was taking the Tylenol every eight hours. Remember, I was able. Well, I think it was every eight hours I could take it. And then um, after that, I did have, there was a good 10 days, I want to say it was 10 days, where I slept in Dean's recliner. I, I could mm-hmm. not, I, I'm a side sleeper and I could not sleep on my side. And I needed, I needed the recliner to keep me from trying that. Um, so I had that, I'm going to say in those, in those first 10 days out, it is, I don't want people to give up because right after surgery, you gain weight. You you don't you don't just get to immediately start losing weight. I gained immediately ten pounds because they fill you they fill you up with air, and you swell, and so I gained ten pounds right off the bat. I was told this, but I want to make sure I keep seeing posts about people saying how. Well, I thought it, you know I can't believe I gained ten pounds. I go well, this is what happens. They they fill you up with they fill you up with air. So they can get to your vital organs easier because it again it is a surgery. They are doing stuff. I have five scars on my belly. They're small scars, it, um, but I have scars on my belly from where they, where they went in and moved shit around. I now my colon is um, they've they've taken parts of my stomach off. They've they've taken um, and it's all still in there. They just have clamped it off. I have parts of my colon they that are just in there floating around that they've that they've connected reconnected my colon and gotten rid of a bunch of it, which then causes wonderfully, and you could um, ask anybody who has had bariatric surgery, or more importantly, ask their partner, is there anybody who's had bariatric surgery? You have terrible gas. It is one of the things that you get to live with probably for the rest of your life. So it's not, you have to be so careful. I can tell if I decide to eat some bread because it's not good. My body does not process bread anymore at all. I do a lot of farting. Keep this in mind. This will happen. If you decide you want to go through something like this and you really feel this, keep in mind, there's going to be pain the first couple days. And then after that, you are going to probably for the rest of your life have big farting issues. So um, keep all that in mind. You will also have stomach aches. I get stomach aches on a regular basis. When my when I realize I've eaten too much or I'm eating something that's processed. Um, you have you have to be careful about all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be careful about I can never have sweets again. I can never have processed bread again. These are things that, you know, you're not supposed to have anyway. But if I have them, I get physically ill. I cramp up. 
I, again, my gas gets worse. I mean, literally I'll get, I'll get gas so bad. I want to double over and die so <sighs> bad. Um, so you can't eat too fast. You can eat four ounces of food and you need to take 20 minutes to eat four ounces of food. You have to do that. I'm not saying everything that I've done, I would do again. I am so happy where my life is. But these are things you have to consider. You do, again, I can't ever drink soda again. And that actually worked out great. I was, Holly, you can attest to this. Mm-hmm. I was so addicted to Coke Zero. I mean, I probably, I'm going to guess I had five cans of Coke Zero a day. I can, I would believe that. Yeah. And I can't drink that anymore. And that scared me, folks, that I cannot have carbonation at all. These are things you have to consider when you're going to go through the surgery. Um, I love then getting back to that. I love the attention I'm getting now. I do. I also wonder why on some of this, the one of the things that really pisses me off is I'm the exact same person that I was 120, 130 pounds ago. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, somehow me losing all this weight, I become intelligent. I'm actually somebody that will be listened to when I mention things. Um, this is a new experience for me. And I, and I mean, I'm cocky, but I know I'm smart. I've never worried about that. But all of a sudden I've realized, oh my God, there's been some people at work who would have never listened to me. They would literally speak over me. Interesting. And now, they, now they listen to what I have to say. That almost pisses me off more. I could have accepted them being conceited assholes, but all of a sudden finding out that they think I'm smarter because I've lost weight. Yeah. So I I always recommend when doing, if you go through this again, I will say this every single time, go through counseling. It will save your ass. And in two years time, I'm probably going to go through and get like a tummy tuck. And speaking of asses, I may get a little butt lift because my ass has completely disappeared. There wasn't much of one, but it's just. I was just going to say. <laughs> it's on concave now, I swear to God. So, oh. so um, and then, yeah, as long as Holly reminds me, I will do a review. I don't mind doing reviews of things, but when I keep finding such shit out there, I don't know how else to put it. I, I, you know, if I, if, if I hear something really interesting, I still will do a review or at least talk about my feelings on it, which mm-hmm. I guess. So, um, other than that, things are going great, Holly. Excellent. I'm happy to hear that. I really, I'm really glad that you feel comfortable sharing your story. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there that can relate, um, to what you have to say. And they, and that's what we do here in our podcast, everything that we learn and experience. We like to share that as a, in an effort to, to bring people together and um, maybe even help even one person, if not more. So uh, thank you, Gary, for being open and honest about that. If you guys want to ask more questions, Gary is available at his Twitter. Um, Gary, what's your Twitter again? I am Gary M. Thorne Jr. at Gary underscore Thorne. That's Gary underscore T-H-O-R-E-N. There you go. There you have it. Um, and I will, I will not accept, I have to say, I will more than happy to talk to people. I do not accept instant messages from people who are not my 
friends yes. um my followers so i won't so if i get one i immediately delete it so you do have to you do have to follow me first before i will respond or you can that's, do it on Cornetum too yeah in Cornetum too yeah that's just fair because we get a lot of weird things sent to us i've got some fucking um, weirdos guys yeah some from Not ghost accounts the, we have some wonderful fucking weirdos and a lot of you are out there right now but yeah i've had some weirdos so yeah please don't be weird um but friend us no. follow us they um, can be weird and just keep in mind but, that these are our own personal experiences we're not like some sort of crazy expert or superhero we're just fucking awesome and love you guys love you kisses <laughs> all right that is our show thank you so much or hope you enjoyed our conversation uh if you have a topic you would like for us to uh, research and do a show on please Add us on any one of our social media accounts. We're out there. We're on them. Find us. We'll have the conversation. And until next time, be well. And be queer, you fuckers. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Conundrum Podcast. And email us at queernundrum at queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.